back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Sunday Card. It's Christmas all over. That's where we are, ladies and gentlemen. Christmas week, as you know, if if we could show you, which we'll probably do on some teaser video, Matty Ice, very, very festive today with his Santa hat. Beautiful. Absolutely love it. Our producer, Lou Paracone, looking like he's going to be a classy Christmas right now. And uh, Chris Raza, I mean, his name is Chris, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Card Week 16 edition. Really the final week of serious lines, although we're going to get into next week and we'll have a show we don't want to have teams resting or whatever, but this is a very, very fun week. It's the holiday season, Chris. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Well, thank you. It is the holiday season. Does it feel like it does as we record this on Christmas Eve day and it's 55 degrees outside and sunny? Wow. 55 yeah. degrees outside? 55 and... Uh, uh, Christmas Day, uh, as people have known by the time they hear this, it's supposed to be 61 and 90% chance of rain, so it's going to be a nice, wet Christmas. Oh my god, it's going to be colder down here in Virginia than it is up here, up there in Connecticut for you guys, it's unbelievable. Yeah. But you know what, it's going to melt all the snow, so that's fine. Oh, this guy, he's the, the heat miser, if you will. Bah, Go to the snow miser, Maddie Ice, Maddie, look at how you're doing Again, was right there all week in week fifteen, and just teams just let him down again, and it sucks. And I and we're trying to we're trying to drag you to the finish line, my friend. You got. I mean, you're dragging a dead body, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least we got one of the best bets last week. The Dallas Cowboys, of all people, did not think that would be the one win that I get, but they, they were they were the right side uh, with the crazy end of that game. Yeah, like you said, there was a few that were just right there. I did not expect the. Uh, I, I thought I was going to at least get to a two, two in one week, which wouldn't have been a losing week if we hit the under on the Monday night game. But the Pittsburgh Steelers looked absolutely horrible. Um, Saints couldn't quite pull it out of, of the Chiefs. But like I said, Christmas spirit. We're trying. We're putting this in the past. We got a good week. I got my Santa hat on. I'm drinking gingerbread coffee. Ooh. I'm like, we're just we're feeling it. Ooh, I like that. He's he's moved. He's he's seen the ghost of Christmas past, and now he's being visited tonight by the ghost of Christmas present. So hopefully in the ghost of Christmas future, we'll visit him on Sunday. And maybe, who knows, some futures will come through as well at the end of the year. I I am. I have a very strong possibility of going 5-0 and on my win totals. Ooh. So kind of go look at that. We'll do that next week. We'll look at some of the win totals and some of the division winners. And maybe somebody might want an MVP futures ticket. I don't know. There's a possibility. Possibly. I don't want to say anybody. Uh, Producer Lou, or as he is affectionately known on Twitter as Lemon Pepper Lou, is here also with us. What are you? Are you cooking any lemon pepper chicken this weekend? Uh, uh, let's go Jets. I don't know anything else. <laughs> okay, we need to. We need to at least acknowledge. We need to at least acknowledge these two things. In the last twenty-five years, folks, there have been a lot of giant upsets. Two of them happened this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. One, obviously, was the Bengals and the Steelers. A 14.5-point spread close was the third highest spread total for an outright underdog winner in the last 25 years. The Jets of all teams. We talked about this last week, and, and I think we'll put it in the teaser perfectly. We could have had the Jets at plus 27.5, Chris, in, in this teaser. Come on. I know, I know we could have, but it 
It's the New York Jets. <laughs> what can you do? You know, so they close at 17 and a half point dogs. It is tied for the largest spread on the last 25 years for an outright underdog winner. That is insanity to me, especially knowing that the Rams had 10 days off and were at home. But, but, gentlemen, I ask you to open the show. Who had the worst loss, the Steelers or the Rams, Matt? It has to be the Rams. I mean, the way that that game went down, I mean, Steelers, because we've been seeing them, obviously, this is their third straight they lose. Um, it's a divisional game. Um, meanwhile, the Rams, especially because they had a chance to at least tie the game. They had the touchdown called back at the very end. Two super questionable calls of going deep on third and fourth down. Maybe, you know, conspiracy Conspiracy producer Lou would also say that this is rigged just to make sure that the Jets, you know, don't get Trevor Lawrence and that this league is fixed because Sean McVay doing that on third and fourth down doesn't make a damn lick of sense at all when they've been running it down their throat. Um, so I, I think it's it's they had the loss because it was right in their hands. They could have kicked the field goal. He's forced overtime. Um, that's that was just brutal. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, Chris, this was a historic loss. And I'm going to ask Lou really quick before I get to you, Chris. Do you are you upset with the win, or are do you care? Dan, Dan, what am I supposed to do, Dan? What am I, it's just been a year of misery, and then you ask me, we beat a good team. Are you happy with this? I don't know, Dan. I don't know. <laughs> I just wake up every day and put my pants on one leg at a time and <laughs> hope for the best for the Jets. That's all. But I don't, I don't know. You know, we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, I think the Jets definitely play better than what their record shows. I think there were a couple other games this season. I'm looking at Raza, where we could have won a couple games here and there. Look at me. You know, I know, I know. I don't want to be mean, though. You know, Christmas That's season. Be mean. We deserve to lose that game, let me tell you. You, you, you really you could be looking at. You could be looking at me, too, the Thursday night shootout okay, from, like, early on, like, week five or six. That's true. Yeah, no, I, I think it'll be a competition of who's, uh, you know, who's better at being bad between the Jets and the Jags or Trevor Lawrence. Well, I... Uh, I, I don't think – I mean, that's a competition that I would never want to see. But I think that um, as far as the Rams and the Steelers go, I mean, if you look at the Steelers, Chris, they were on a, they were on a roll for 11 straight weeks. But we kind of had been saying it. they were the worst 11-0 team that we had seen. Is it still, though, worse for them now, it's specifically in terms of their seeding, or is the Rams' loss worse? Yeah, that's that's. I mean, the Rams' loss is going to stick out because it's to the Jets. But but this to me was when you look at it, uh, they killed their shots, their shot at the the one seed. Obviously, with the two seed, two and three seed doesn't really matter as much with the no buy uh, for the two seed. Uh, and especially when you look, they might not win the division now. Yeah, the Browns are playing the Jets this week, and the Steelers are playing the Colts, and then they play each other the last week of the year. So that loss to the Bengals. Potentially in two weeks could be the reason that they don't win the division. Because you got to figure the Steelers have a good... I mean, the Colts are a really good team. They have a really great defense. And as long as Phillip Rivers doesn't make mistakes, they've got a really good, really solid team with Frank Reich at the helm. And you figure the Browns should beat the Jets. I mean, whether or not they cover is a different story at the 9.5, but they should beat the Jets. So there's a good shot. They both go into that game with the same record. Now, the thing is, I believe uh, if... 
if the Steelers win, they do clinch the division because of that they'll have the tiebreaker, uh, divisional record. Right. Um, but I say it's not the Colts beating the Colts is not an easy task, and they're fighting for their division as well, so they're not just going to lay over. So yeah. there's a really good chance, and I think everyone outside of Pittsburgh is going to be rooting for the Colts because they want that you know game on Sunday that that next week to be a big game for the uh, the Browns and the the Steelers. So I think this loss in terms of the way the season unfolds is is a lot bigger. But people are just going to remember the Rams Jets one because it's the freaking Jets screwing themselves over by winning a football game. Personally, I mean, you look at this. I mean, the Rams were in a divisional. You know, they were fighting yeah. for the division. They were leading the division. Now they got to go to Seattle to make that up and win. Basically, they would win the division. Uh, well, they wouldn't win the division, but they'd at least have a way better shot of winning the division if they could tie with Seattle this weekend. The Steelers, I agree with you. I think the Steelers have just been in a historic freefall. I mean, just historic freefall from 11 and 0 to just three straight losses versus, yes, I would say two of those teams, yeah, absolutely be. To me, the biggest loser here is the Jets. Though. I think the Jets is the biggest loser that whole scenario. They can't get worse. It's just so, so Jets. I know we had the over-under at six to begin the year, which I thought was insane. I didn't think they'd win one game. I thought they would maybe win like three. But, I mean, that is that is really brutal. Uh, but between the two teams, I kind of agree with Matt, though, because I think the Rams really had – they're disappointed me. I mean, I had them as the second best, third best team in the league, basically. So, you know, egg on my face for that. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes you need losses like that to propel run. So I may, I may be right. I still may be right. I'm going to think so. Let's go to one of those teams, though, that we all kind of had in that top three outside of the Chiefs. Let's go to Sunday night. Let's go to Packers Titans. What a game. I mean, I was looking at the schedule, and I said to myself, man, there's no better game this weekend than that game. That is going to be an awesome Sunday night game. You've got Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra. You've got MVP possibilities with Aaron Rodgers. You've got the strength on weaknesses. Packers offense is a passing offense a lot, but they can run the ball. Titans have struggled in the secondary. Titans run the ball well with Derrick Henry. Packers have struggled defending the run. I mean, I think these offenses are ready to go, but then you've got the weather factor involved as well. Possibility of snow that night in Lambeau Field, the mystique, everything. It's going to be beautiful. The line is, I believe, still at three and a half for Tennessee. So uh, Tennessee is a dog here on on Sunday night. 55 and a half is the over-under. Chris, that bad man, you went against him last week, my friend. I know. I'm not doing it this week. I'm not going against anyone this week. I'm going on the over 55 and a half. (laughs) I think, you know, these teams are are eerily similar to each other, and the fact that they both have really exceptional offenses. Obviously, you have Derrick Henry's come alive and Ryan Tannehill. Ever since escaping Adam Gaze has become a a really exceptional quarterback, uh, especially with the help of uh, one A.J. Brown. Uh, who seems to be impossible to cover, especially in the end zone. Uh, both of these offenses are averaging 31 points a game, uh, and I believe have gone over 30 points. I f- forget which team is which, but one is over in 9 of the 14 games and 10 of the 14 games. And both their defenses, Green Bay, you know, a smidge better on the defensive side of things, uh, but neither team really has a very impressive defense, especially going to be going up against offenses of this caliber. 
you know, so I think you have the Titans are kind of a slightly discount version of the Green Bay offense, uh, but I, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. So I love that over 55 and a half. Matt, the Titans are an over team. They've gone over a million times. Oh. I do have the weather as well for Sunday night if you would like that. Yeah, go right ahead if you want so to. So it's going to be 17 degrees, a little chilly, uh, with a chance of snow showers. So nothing nothing significant snow-wise, but a little bit of little bit of snow shower. Can we can we find a way to like sneak into the stadium? I mean, I just I want to I want to see Green Bay in December. Like that, that is just, this is going to be and I think personally the Titans are built for weather games like this. They they got that badass tough mentality from their coach. I think they're built for games like this, Matt, but like you said, there is a lot of overplay to that number because of the Titans and them being so popular as an over team. Is there a side or a total you like? Yeah, I, unfortunately, I am going to echo Chris on this one. I just, I, I don't see this game. Uh, I had a hard time picking this side because um, it's hard to, it's again, it's hard to fade Aaron Rodgers, especially at home. Um, but that number feels like it's right on. And um, you know, you you highlighted the, as far as the the matchup possibilities. It just feels like I don't know how how these defenses could stop these elite offenses. These are two of the top three offenses in the league to go along with the Chiefs. Um, like Chris said, averaging over thirty points a game each. Um, and, and the snow is going to affect the defense more than anything. It doesn't, you know, I think some people usually tend to think that the offense slows down, but, um, you know, changes of direction. I mean, Derrick Henry, you said, you said Aaron Rodgers MVP conversation. Derrick Henry, he's, he's getting ready to try and eclipse 2,000 yards, and this could be a monster game for him, you know, making defenders slip. If he gets the edge in some snowy games and they, they lose their footing, I mean, he's going to be off for the races. So um, I'm going to take the over uh, 55 and a half here as well. Yeah, the t- the what the Packers are going to need to stop Derrick Henry, they're going to need a, a big performance from their linebacking crew, and they haven't had it all year. I mean, the Smith, Preston, Preston and Zadarius, you're going to need a big game from them. And then, how do the Packers cover those big wide receivers? That's my question. Like AJ Brown has been dominating. How about Corey Davis having a little bit of a resurgence the last couple of weeks as well? It's so tough for the Packers. But then I look at the other side and I say, man, the Packers. I feel as if the Packers might have a more balanced offense than anybody in the league because Aaron Jones out there, quietly, quietly productive, they've kind of been quiet. They've kind of been, you know, uh, they're not dominating teams per se, and that's kind of been the Packers' M.O., but they are winning in so many different ways. I think they know how to win close games as well. So that being said, at home, Sunday night, primetime Rodgers as well. With an extra day to prepare, I got to go to the bets and the money, right? I mean, that's what we have to look at. And this is the most public dog of the week. 64% of the bets are on Tennessee. 86% of the money is on Tennessee. I got to be on the opposite side. I got to take Aaron Rodgers. If you're giving me, it's three and a half. So to win it by four would be the number. I mean, it's reluctant, but... I'm I'm I don't know because the weather the weather throws me off with the over under so I'm gonna reluctantly take the Packers minus three and a half to get it done on Sunday night. Um, this next game that game I'm most looking forward to this game I'm least looking forward to this game <laughs> like I have I don't want to watch this guy play quarterback anymore it, it's painful I think it's been what, 22 quarters since we've scored a touchdown? Like, uh, the, the Pats and the uh, Pats and the Bills at Foxborough on Monday night. 
Uh, the over-under is 46. The Pats are seven-point dogs. Seems like a lot for a divisional road team, but or a home team. But, man, this uh, the Bills are so hot, and the Pats are so not mad. This is – it's just it, – like, you're – we're pulling teeth here. Like this is, we're just forcing ourselves to pick the maybe one of the ugliest games of the week. Oh. And I'm, I, I have to take the Patriots. And it's like I don't want to, because like for every reason that you just said, Bills are seven and zero against the spread, and they're past seven. They've won six in a row straight up. They, as we've alluded to many times, the Arizona, the the, the Hail Murray. Um, but and like you said, divisional road game in prime time. Bills receiving 83% of bets and 99% of money. Stefan Gilmore out for the year. So, yeah. this, you know, the highlighting the Patriots defense of what they could do. You know, Diggs is going to be able to eat now. If Gilmore's in this game, I feel so much better. But I'm still going to take the seven. Uh, it, it's It sucks. I, I really don't want to do it. But it, the one thing that we can hope for is that, you know, they're due for regression with the 7-0 against the spread. They have struggled with uh, – Defending the rush, it's like their one, you know, probably glaring weakness. They're 20th in the league still against the rush. So if, if, if the Patriots offense can get back to doing what they were doing as far as controlling the clock. But, um, yeah, I got to take the Patriots begrudgingly. Uh, that's what the numbers say. And, you know, it's still hard to do. I mean, they do get Damian Harris back. That was they were missing him on Sunday against Miami. So maybe that helps. But like you said, Gilmore out, you know, it's Foxborough. Uh, Chris, let me give you the weather. How about this, huh? Monday night, I'm looking at it now, 28 degrees. I don't know how this works. 28 degrees and rain doesn't make any sense because it's a, it's a wintry rain. mix. No, I would assume wintry mix. So <laughs> maybe that gives you a cop out for this game? <laughs> um, Matt, you sounded like you were selling the bills there. So I'm, I'm taking the bills minus seven. I'm, going, I'm just like it. Just that just seems like the right thing to do. You know, they're nine and five against the spread. Uh, and Matt said this, they're seven and zero oh lately. Josh Allen is twelve five and two against the spread on the road. The Patriots are one and five against the spreading and seems to have won fifty five percent of their games. It's it's just like I think this is the bury the hatchet game for the Bills. I think this is when they're gonna take out all of their aggression on the Patriots and kind of put them in the ground. Uh, you know, I could see this game, you know, it could be a 31 to 10 kind of game, especially if the bills go up early, that running game does not work for the Patriots. If you're already down two scores early. So, you know, you can't rely on Cam Newton to throw the ball. The guy's what five passing touchdowns, like 11 interceptions on the year so far. Uh, I mean, he's been horrendous. The defense, even if Stefan Gilmore is playing, the defense really has not been that impressive all year. Uh, you know, and like I said, in that addition of Stephon Diggs has been an unreal addition along with Cole Beasley become one of the best slot receivers in the, uh, in 2020. Uh, you know, I, I just don't see any way that this game really stays close unless that weather makes that big of an impact. Um, you know, this could be a, a really ugly game for the Patriots in what's been a really ugly year. Uh, you know, and, and that's just the game that the Patriots deserve after they've had 20 years of nonstop success. <laughs> they, they deserve a, a primetime blowout uh, on Monday Night Football. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, you know, this is just, I'm going with my gut. You know, the Bills minus seven, like, they should, it, it shouldn't even be that close in this game. Uh, so, give me, give me the Bills. This is great, great teaser material for next week if this loses. <laughs> what what a year makes because you remember last year week 16 at lost for playoffs we were sitting we were sitting here and week 16 in i forget whose house we were in 
watching this Bills Patriots game and how close and competitive it was, and the Patriots barely sneaking it out and winning that game. Uh, and man, it felt like that was the night that the Bills arrived. Man, they took the Pats to the brink and almost won in Foxborough, and that, and it literally like 367 days later. They're seven-point favorites going into that game. That was kind of the beginning of the end of the Patriots and kind of the beginning, beginning of the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I think this one is absolutely like at first glance, I'm like, man, the Bills are going to kill us. But at second glance, I'm like, yeah, I have to go. You have to look at that and you say, home divisional dog getting a touchdown and it's New England. Um to me, it's like right there on the number because Belichick, they do have Belichick, and that's the one thing they have. I feel like, you remember in Hercules when uh, he's supposed to drink all of the potion so that he loses all of his powers, right, and he misses one drop, so he's kind of half mortal, half man. When Brady left, I feel like he was like the one drop. So they are now half – they're normally a 12-14 to 14 win team. Now they're a 6-8 to eight win team. They're a half-man, half-mortal now with Belichick. So, you know, it's, it's a half-god, half-mortal rather. So to me, I'm copping out. I'm taking the under 46. There's no way. I just can't look at this game. I, I don't want to be against the Pats, but I don't want to be on them either. So I'll hope that the weather makes a factor in Massachusetts and it's gross. Uh, give me the under 46 – to me, nobody has a worse roster situation or draft situation than the New England Patriots right now. It's not good at all. All right, let's go to the specials, the specials, the three, the top three. I'm getting ahead of myself here, Producer Lou. Uh, the top three <laughs> – say thank you, calm me down. The top three picks of the week, and let me tell you, folks, we're going to be wearing some ugly sweaters this week. And I want to go right to Maddie because I can see him snickering. Uh, Maddie, what's the first stocking you're hanging on the, uh, the the fireplace here, Chief? The first stocking um, is going to be a lump of coal for Anthony Lynn, uh, who deserves it after his coaching performances this year. <laughs> uh, and we're going to ride with the Broncos, plus three and a half, uh, going into L.A. Um, again, so, you know, Dan, your, your pick of the Broncos last week and the Bills, you know, and we both loved it. I had him in the parlay. I mean, that was foolish. Again, just talking about how hot the Bills have been. They were they steamrolled them. And the Broncos still have a ton of issues at corner. But I, I, I like to think that hopefully playing that offense last week um, get, got them some experience. They were really thrown in there, um, and they're just absolutely decimated at corner. Um, but the Broncos are, are, are 3-0. Vic Vangio versus Anthony Lynn. Broncos are three and zero, two two last year, and they won this year on the the you know incredible comeback um, that we had from week whatever that was. Um, and and we're just this is another we're, we're a lot of trends here. We're fading money. We're fading trends. Anthony Lynn at home against the spread in L.A. eight fifteen and one at home. That's horrible. The Chargers because they've won two weeks in a row. I think you know we're forgetting about things. Seventy five percent of bets, ninety nine percent of money on the Chargers. The Chargers who give up. Who give up field goal games like crazy? And Michael Badgley can't kick anymore. Brandon McManus, Brandon McManus is playing for the Broncos this week. Okay. That was a huge killer. That was a massive killer. I would not be on them if he wasn't playing this week. But he's playing this week. Um, just even even before Vangio, Denver is seven and two against the spread in LA or going going to the Chargers for back to San Diego days. 
So we're going to take the three and a half here. I know the Broncos are just decimated on, on, on injuries, but three and a half against Anthony Lynn, probably a field goal game. Give me the hook. I have to take it. Well, I should say, this game is at three plus 100. Will you give me the three and a half? Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. Absolutely. I, I think we absolutely give you the three and a half. I mean, I'm seeing it on the Action Network now, still listed at three and a half. So, yeah, uh, slightly more juice. Slightly more juice, minus 115. But that's not, you know, you know that's what? worth the hook. Whatever the number is, that's what I care about. Three and a half is the number. And guess what, Matt? I'm giving them all up a call, too, for the Chargers. Give me the Broncos plus three and a half. That's my number three pick. The Broncos, this is a divisional game between two five and nine teams. And you're giving me a hook on the three uh, for the road team, especially the road team that's probably better. I mean, to me, I think this is all day Broncos. It's going to be close. It's going to come right down to the end. I think a field goal probably wins this game for somebody. So, uh, and with McManus in, that is the MVP of that team, baby. So let's rock and roll with Brandon McManus. You are on the nice list this year, my friend. Let's give it to him. Broncos plus three and a half for all those same reasons Matty I said. Chris, number three. Number three is an ugly one. Panthers plus two against the Washington football team. The Panthers have been on the unlucky side of the last three games. They've lost three one-score games in a row. My boy, Teddy Bridgewater, 22-5 as a road dog against the spread. And Panthers defense gave me some hope last week. They held Rodgers in check last week. Really didn't let him kind of go off. I think it's a lot of people expected. And I think Washington now is kind of due for a little bit of a regression. They've been a little too hot. They've been a little too hot lately. And, you know, I'm, we're, I think we're still not sure who's going to be at quarterback, you know, and I don't think Alex Smith is as big of a boost over Dwayne Haskins necessarily, uh, even if he does play. So give me give me the, the Panthers, plus two, against the old nameless Washington football team. Teddy covers. Teddy covers as a dog against Dwayne Haskins. Now, the only question I have for this game is, Will there be any strippers there for Dwayne so he can be motivated? That's, they might, they I might there, fill. Allowed to go there? They'll probably fill the stadium. <laughs> they removed his uh, his captain captaincy or whatever as uh, on the you football. Imagine teams. the stadium in Washington filled with strippers. It would fit the narrative of that team. Let me tell you all the things they've gone through. <laughs> now i know i'm gonna have a happy new year if i go to that game goodness gracious uh let's go panthers plus two let's move on number two number two. Oh, that's gonna be in the teaser video number two chris go ahead we'll go right back to the wall number two Ooh, which which one do we want to go with this uh all right we're gonna go with the falcons Plus 10.5, getting 10.5 points against the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City, I think, is, is essentially, they're just on autopilot right now. Because they don't really need to do much to win these games. They just kind of keep, they're just kind of keeping it smooth, winning. Because they don't need to worry about losing, because they can put it on when they need to. And uh, as we've talked about this now for like five, you know, five, four weeks in a row. The Chiefs have been absolutely horrendous against the spread. And I'll tell you what, when Raheem Morris took over as head coach for this Atlanta Falcons team, something something happened. Something happened with this team because their defense has moved all the way up to 12th in defensive DVOA. Their defense is playing ex- 
quite exceptionally well, especially considering where they were. And their offense is still potent. I mean, you you know, Matt Ryan, I believe, is third or fourth in yards uh, on the year. Um, so they've they've still been able to score some points, and I think this is going to be another situation. I think the Chiefs are going to win, but it's such a huge number. I think the Falcons are just going to keep it close, and it's going to you know everybody's be like, what's going on? But you know, I think the Chiefs, you know, they'll win by you know five, six, seven points. Uh, but I don't think they'll blow them out because they're, they're not blowing anyone out. Yeah, I mean, uh, we heard the reports this week that the Falcons are probably not. Well, I wouldn't say probably, but they're going to allow the new GM to possibly trade Matt Ryan and Julio Jones this offseason. So there is a possibility of this maybe being their last ride together. Maybe there's some motivation there. Uh, But I want to go to Matt first for his number two pick. That's a really interesting pick, Chris. I, I, I'm glad you have the gall to go there, especially with the Chiefs just not being able to cover against anybody uh, recently. So that's that's pretty good. Um, and, you know, if you want sick, I'm going to give you sick. Um, I, I know the tank might be on now that the door has been opened, but we are going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars and the seven and a half points uh, against the Chicago Bears. Um, the, Bears have been, the Bears have been rolling recently. Um but they've been doing so, you know, they've been doing so against some bad defenses. I'm not going to sit here and talk up the Jacksonville Jaguars defense by any means, but I just think that there may be some time for some uh, for some regression out of this team who uh, who is rolling a little bit right now. Um, they're also a favorite, you know. They've been they've been kind of doing better as as when they're underdogs in these games. Um, the Bears are are 0 and 5 as favorites in their last five games. That's dating back to last season. They're 0 and 2 as favorites this year. Um, and I just the Jaguars have been in the Jaguars have been in a lot of one score games this year. They are uh, the Jaguars are six and four uh, against the spread when getting seven points or more. Um, and I, I just think that they have a look ahead. The Bears have a look ahead spot with Green Bay next week too. They're trying to fight for their playoff lives. All of the pressure is on them. Um, James Robinson's still going to play for Jacksonville this week, so um, I know this this is pretty you know super ugly. And I don't know if they maybe just lay flat um, with you know having the Trevor Lawrence you know window open up for them. Um, but I'm just still going to take the seven and a half here with Jacksonville at home. Wow. Yeah, ugly. Wow. We go from the from the Jets last week to the Jags this week. I mean, this is this is a fun week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but, Chris, with your number two pick, I'm right there with you, baby. Let's hold hands. Let's skip and frolic through. <laughs> I'm with the Atlanta Falcons as well, plus ten and a half. We're thinking, we're thinking this week. I love the Falcons this week. I'm going to keep fading the Chiefs, fading the Chiefs, fading the Chiefs. They're the number one fade team in America right now, amazingly. We jumped from the Jets being the number one fade team in America to the Chiefs in the second half of the year. How does that make any sense, folks? But let me tell you something else. Chiefs also coming off a huge win. I mean, huge win. And I think for them to to beat the Saints close, you know, they got out of there alive, basically. Again, I think they're playing bored. I think they're just playing bored, playing these garbage teams. They got up for the Saints, basically. They know that they had, they knew that they had to. Um, and then you get the Falcons, who are basically lifeless. Uh, the Falcons have lost a couple of games in a row, but they've been right there in those games against some pretty good offenses. I mean, the the the, the Chargers offense, who is that's the strength of their team. The Saints twice they crushed the Raiders offense. I mean, their their defense has been, like you said, lights out since Raheem Morris has, has showed up. 
So to me, I think 10 and a half is way too much. And we're also, we're going right back to the money. 51% of the bets are on Kansas City. So this is a little tricky. 85% of the money is on Kansas City. 85% of the money. It's every week this Kansas City team is getting it. I want to know if maybe there is some possibility that the line moves by Sunday upwards towards Kansas City, but so much money already coming in on it. I can't imagine I can't imagine that's gonna happen. So I would grab it now at ten and a half. I think that's a great number to get within that ten. I like Atlanta a ton. I mean absolutely a ton. I think you get a lot of people. They just see Kansas City and they, and, you know, they they just bet. Right. I think that's what it is. I think people they don't even look at the number. I think they just bet Kansas City. And and, and against the Falcons of all teams, you know, I mean, who's notoriously obviously, you know, you guys have highlighted they're much different teams since the coaching change. But I think you know some people might not have made that adjustment so far this year. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. So uh, the guy who most looks like Santa Claus. We're giving him a lump of coal, Andy Reid, uh, this year. So that will be uh, a lot of fun. Let's give Atlanta some love, folks. I feel like we're getting into a bunch of cities this year. We're trying. To, Santa's visiting a bunch of cities that don't care about football. Atlanta, Jacksonville. This is wild. Uh, number three, and you know what? I'm going to start number three because, you know, ugly. We said we were going to wear ugly sweaters this week. Matt? Duval, I'm right there with you, baby. I'm going Jacksonville as well. I love that pick. You're getting the hook. Let's go right down to Jacksonville. I want to get a suntan down there. It's going to be fantastic. We'll have the uh, Christmas uh, Christmas conga maybe. We'll be playing down there. Gloria step on the whole works. Let's go Jacksonville here. Like you said, I think the big number, six and four against the spread when getting seven points. Now the last couple weeks, Tennessee, Baltimore. Those have been seven-point spreads that they haven't covered. So that's literally just happened. But but I think that at the end of the day, the Bears shouldn't be seven-point favorites against anybody on the road. That is the whole point. I mean, there is no way. I know that they've gotten hot with this offense has come alive. David Montgomery has come alive, the running game. And I think the run game is a big key factor to that. But, but I think – I think that they're going to be a little bit, a little bit uh, sleepy on defense this week with the Jaguars coming through. I think this is just a, one of those spots. It's not have anything to do with one team's better than the other. It's a spot play where you take Jacksonville plus seven and a half. You're getting the hook, and they probably backdoor cover you. And and look, we're right there. This is a this is one of those pros versus Joes, right? This is the pros versus Joes. Sixty eight percent of the bets on Chicago. 91% of the money on Jacksonville. Normally when we see a ton of money like that, we'd say Jacksonville. But because the bets are so heavily on Chicago, it's the perfect time to take the Jacksonville Jaguars for your holiday season. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I can't believe them, but we're going to be sweating the ja- the Jacks. I mean, especially them having the number one pick. But you have to do it. You have to do it, man. It's unbelievable. No, I'm glad you highlighted the money too because I forgot to talk about that. Yeah, that's, you know, again – Usually when we see signs of high money percentage, um, you know, we're trying to fade that. But that this is all inclinations that that's sharp money coming in there. Um, and because the look ahead line on this game was four and a half. So I, I think all these pros with their systems, they're seeing a massive amount of value moving through through two key numbers in six and seven. And, and you know, getting the hook, I, mean, I think there's just there's an immense amount of value on that game. And that's not the only game that has a ton of value, by the way. There's so many. I'm looking at all these leans that I really, really like that we're going to get into, like. 
I just absolutely love some of these. Absolutely love some of these games. Before we do that, Chris, numero uno. Number one, we're going to the Vikings. We're going to the Saints on Christmas. On Christmas. So you might not. This might already be done by the time you hear this game. Our podcast. Vikings, Saints, under 50.5. Book it. Drew Brees looks like an absolute absolute shell of his former self. Uh, And the Saints defense is great. You know, uh, the Vi- and the Vikings' offensive line is horrendous. They're 26 in adjusted sack rate per football. Outsiders, Saints are 6 in sacks and 8th in pressure rate. And the Vikings have really struggled when they actually play good defenses like the Bucks and the Colts. Uh, and I, like I said, I don't see the Saints being able to put up a lot of numbers, especially they, you know, they have and Michael Thomas. Uh, you know, so I think this game should could easily go under that 50.5. I liked it better when I saw it earlier in the week at 52.5. Um, but I'm sticking with it at 50 and a half. Like I said, Drew Brees is not what he was a couple of years ago. And this Saints defense has been absolutely phenomenal this year. Uh, so give me, give me the under 50 and a half in Saints, uh, Saints Vikings on, on Christmas day. Oh, that's a very interesting pick. Very interesting pick. Cause you would assume like looking at that game, like, Oh, that game actually might go over. It's in a dome. You got two good offenses, but it seems as if the money is moving towards the under, obviously. Yeah, and we, we, you know, Christmas, Christmas Day unders in the NBA. We're going to translate that over to the NFL now. So, yeah, so I like that. And I just want to point out, Chris, you know, not only are their offensive line struggling for the um, for the Vikings, um, they're probably going to be without two of their other blocking compliments in, in, in Kyle Rudolph and CJ Ham, their fullback. I mean, that's two massive missing pieces out of their run game, as well as probably not having Alexander Madison back to spell spell Cook when he can't be on the field. So, and already going up against uh, Saints defense that you said. I mean, they're going to get home a lot more than they did against Mahomes last week. They got they had pressure all over the place in Mahomes, um, but obviously he's just so good against the blitz and can pick him apart. Kirk Cousins is not really uh, as mobile as one Patrick Mahomes. Not quite the same, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to get uh, Kirk Cousins a little bit of you know gauze and ice for Christmas maybe after this game. I don't know. Uh, number one, this is it. Ho, ho, ho. The snow miser is coming through. Does he have a winner this week? I mean, listen, this is the holiday season, the season of perpetual hope. I just, I'm hoping to God that this one is going to be the week. So give me number one, Maddie. The gift of some, the gift of some winners, hopefully, is what I'm hoping for in my stocking. Um, and we are going to go with our classic, our, our buy low, sell high. We are going to take the Los Angeles Rams in a massive bounce back spot against the Seattle Seahawks in division. Um, I, I think clearly if the Rams win, if they don't get embarrassed by the Jets last week, they're definitely favorites in this game. I would say that they are. I know it's still on the road, but I still think this game might be a pick em or Rams minus one. I think that we are getting some value here. At um, I, I was able to grab them at plus one and a half. It's looking like it's one right now. Um, but, um, Seattle as a favorite between, between half a point and six and a half points, their one score, you know, mantra, they're five and five this year. They are five and five right down the middle. So basically all of the games have been them as a favorite between a half a point and six and a half points. They're right down the middle. Um, and I just think this is such a good matchup for the Rams. You know, they won this game earlier this year, 23 to 16, um, and over their past five matchups, the Seahawks have not won against the Rams by more than one point. So you're getting one and a half here. The Seahawks have not, they've either lost or they've had that one game, that crazy game a couple years ago uh, where they, they they won the game by one point on a last minute field goal. Um, I just think that their defense is going to be back. 
Seattle's defense struggled with Dwayne Haskins last week. Who nobody should be struggling with Dwayne Haskins. So as much as they, you know, beat up on the Jets forty to three a couple weeks ago, I think that their defense is not as as good as it might think. I think the Rams are going to be, I mean, back with a vengeance if they're not ready to play this game. Then, I mean, good riddance to you, uh, you know. But I just think that they're going to be able to run the ball like crazy against the Seattle front um, and control the clock and keep the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands. And they have the corners to cover Lockett and Metcalf. They've got you know, Ramsey back there. And I just think that this is such a good matchup for the Rams. So I'm going to take the Rams plus one and a half. Uh, that's the one game this week that I could not touch. It was it was so, so tight this week, especially knowing, I mean, uh, do they have any injury report on, uh, it looks like Cam Akers is not going to play in this game for the Rams. That is true. He's he's been good, but their run game has been very good all season when he was not when he was injured. So I'm not I'm not too worried about that. Right. So that that game is so hairy. I'm going to be rooting hard for the Seahawks just because of the futures ticket on the on the division. But I mean, there is a uh, that game is always close. I mean, you're talking about that game that the, the Seahawks won. They won that game because the Rams missed a field goal right before they made one. So. I mean, there there is so much parity in that rivalry. That's a really good rivalry. Like we said, we're plugging our nose, man. There's a lot of we're. I, did we take all underdogs this week? Sounds like we did. I, I'm on all underdogs this week. Yeah, and, and, and uh, if, you're, if you're not putting the Rams in teasers this week to get them into seven, yes. so again, Seattle, Seattle does not play any games that doesn't finish within a touchdown. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> Yeah, I think the only one that picked a favorite was Chris with the minus seven, right? In the ball. the Bills. Yep. Oh, no, I picked the Packers. That's right. I picked the Packers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I mean, man, that is that is a slate for you. Who else is giving you Jacksonville and the Rams going <laughs> off with Jets and the Falcons? I mean, Lou's giving us the, the freaking stink eye over here just on the, on the, on the audio and the video feed. All, so, of these, all these games with playoff implications, and we're going to be choosing to watch again Jacksonville and Chicago. Yeah, you know, it's what can you do? You know, that's that's what you do when you're in this biz, folks. That's what you do. Okay, uh, before we get into the specials, a little holiday fun. I know I asked a couple of weeks or this week, top three Christmas movies. I know this is a big thing for Chris. I think Chris has a really good list, really good list, but a solid classical list. That's what I'm gonna. I'm gonna think about the classic movies for you. So you, all right, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Every, usually every either Christmas Eve or Christmas night, I watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That is my number one favorite Christmas movie of all time. Coming in at number two, another classic. It's on all day Christmas Day. You can watch it all day. It's a Christmas story. You're going to shoot dry out, kid. Another, <laughs> another absolutely classic movie. The only modern movie we have on the, this list came out in 2003, and that is Will Ferrell's Elf. Because that is an absolutely phenomenal film, featuring also Peter Dinklage of Game of Thrones fame in that movie as well. Uh, so the top, top three is always National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I love that movie to bits. Uh, Clark Griswold is who I aspire to be in the next 20 years. Uh, and then obviously Christmas Story. If you don't have Christmas Story on this list, don't don't talk to me. It's literally a Christmas story. Come on. And then Elf, of course, because we all love Will Ferrell. My favorite Oakland Athletic shortstop. <laughs> you, might be, you might be an angry elf with my list then. Uh, Matt, top three Christmas movies. Top three. Chris, I love all those picks. I am much more of a old school claymation. I, I, I don't know why. Christmas movies for me are all the very 
poorly. Like the, I love the old claymation and how janky they are. Obviously, number one pick a year without a Santa Claus. I, I star in it, the Snow Miser. I have to think that. I mean, that, it's just, it's an all time, it's such a funny movie, too. Just so, like, between the their intentional jokes and then the unintentional humor of, like, where they, like, throw a bad punchline and then it just, like, there's, like, such a dead silence with the claymation. I love it. It's so funny. Um, number two. We have to take Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Classic. Absolute classic. You've got Yukon Cornelius. You've got Hermie. You've got, I want to be And then my all-time favorite, the Isle of Misfit Toys. That scene with just the, the janky, messed-up toys, the cowboy ride and the ostrich, and the, the water gun that shoots jelly. Like, the dumbest thing ever. I love it. It's my favorite scene. Um, and then... Since Chris, since Chris already took Christmas vacation, which I love, we're gonna take. Uh, we're gonna take. Sorry, I can't think of it. Oh, Home Alone. Sorry, I was looking at my notes. Home, yeah, Alone. Home Alone. Fantastic movie. Absolutely funny. You can watch that when it's not Christmas. It's just a funny movie. Like period. So give me Home Alone. One or two. Yeah. No. That's that is a fantastic plus. I, I love the claymation ones are really ridiculous. The Jack in the Box on the Island of Misfit Toys is such a goon. Like there's so many good ones there. I went a little bit more contemporary, nothing past 1990s. Uh, so I'm sticking with your theme, my, my number three, Home Alone. I think that one is right on the list. It has to be Home Alone. I actually like Home Alone 2 better just because it's amazing to me that the president of the United States is in that movie and it is telling people down the hall to the left. That is the, like the fact that he's the president now makes me laugh even more in that movie. It's wild. Um, number two, this is a classic in my house that we've been watching since we were kids. The Jim Carrey Grinch that stole Christmas. That one is absurdly funny. Absurdly funny. I can do the whole, you know, schedule wouldn't allow and i can do that whole thing like forever you know he's doing 6 30 dinner with me i can't cancel that again i mean that's just like yeah. the, <laughs> that's, that's the best it's the best no doubt uh this is not my number one but i just this movie and it's going to be really off the beaten path and maybe you haven't seen it it's a rom-com movie uh four four christmases with oh, vince vaughn no. and, and reese witherspoon that that movie is just absolute I piss my pants every time I watch that movie with him as, as as Joseph and the Shepherd and you will swaddle this baby woman like it's just so so funny I know most people probably haven't seen that movie but I watch that movie every year and it is freaking hilarious um so there's one on your list if you haven't added that one to you or seen it um Let's go to the specials. Specials this week. It is time, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give you, you know, on Donner, on Blitzen, on I can't even remember these guys' names. I mean, these reindeer. This I, I, every year I can't even remember them. Chris, give me three. Your super, super, super delivery of holiday gifts this year. Well, we loved the Falcons at plus ten and a half, so why not take it to plus twenty and a half just to be safe? Uh, against the Chiefs. Again, this is the Chiefs team that doesn't like to blow teams out, so I'm going to take the Falcons there at plus 20 and a half. Uh, I love that over in the Titans-Packers game. So let's bring that down to over 45 and a half. And then, it just, uh, Bill's going to win the game. Bill's plus three versus the Pats. Bing, bang, boom. Nice and easy. Plus three. 
All right. All right. Big and easy. Uh, for me, Survivor, if you're still in it, God bless you. I mean, you're probably either one or you have literally can split the pot. I don't know. This week, to me, I think the best bet to me, I, the, listen, we went against the Lions last week and we're going to go against them this week and we got to use Tampa. I haven't used Tampa yet this year, so I think it's time to use them. I haven't gone to my guy, Brady. Um, but I'm going to go with Tampa Bay uh, this week. If, if you have Tampa Bay in week 16, God bless you. Uh, other ones, maybe the Browns here. Uh, I don't think the Jets are going to win two games in a row. Uh, so I think that's probably a safe bet. Lou concurs. Um, yeah, that's basically what I'm going with. Uh, okay, so Matt, let's hear it. What could be really – now next week is going to be weird because of all the resting, so you might actually get – a really good one next week but let's call it the not final but final real maddie's magic money line parlay so the final one here uh we are going to go to um pittsburgh plus 105 uh you know we haven't taken i don't think anybody's talked about that in the show yet i mean this is what an interesting week where this this is another line that's flipped from um it, it was minus two for Pittsburgh, and then obviously the poor performance multiple weeks in a row. Go, you know, it's plus two to Pittsburgh now. So I think getting them as a home dog against—I mean, just when you thought like, oh, like Big Ben looks bad, uh, he's getting old. He needs to retire. Philip Rivers is going to one up this week. I can almost guarantee you that. I just, I just have a hard time seeing the Steelers fall flat four weeks in a row. We were expecting regression, but this is—I mean, this is—we've gone almost too far. We can't go from eleven and zero. They're going to be the number one seed. Uh, and in the AFC Championship to now, it's like they're home dogs and they can't be like a not so great Colts team, like a Colts team that's kind of been like a headache all year, who has played a ton of, who's played a cupcake schedule. Um, so we're going to take the Steelers at home, plus 105, not a ton of juice there. And then we're going to go right to the Sunday night game. And we are going to take the Titans plus 160 uh, to try and get that value up. I believe that gets us to a plus 425 in the parlay. Um, you know, I, I didn't pick them on the spread because it's just, you know, that game's too close and it's hard to fade Rodgers in Lambeau. But as far as value on the money line to juice this one up, the, the Green Bay Packers are one in five against potential playoffs as teams this year. If you're counting Chicago as, as being the one that could potentially get in, you know, they've lost. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule now. Like they lost to Tampa Bay. They've beaten teams like, you know, they beat teams like Houston and San Fran and Jacksonville and Philly and like. Sense. Beat the Saints, though. They beat, they beat the Saints. All right, so that's that's actually the one to, against the playoff team. Sorry. So if we're counting Chicago out, they're only one in five um, in games. I mixed that up. Um, you know, I, I just I think that it's, it's too close so to not have a take a chance, take a shot at Tennessee with that plus 160 number. So we're going Titans-Steelers. Two of those teams, you know, that's, that's pretty crazy to get those two teams as underdogs. Two of the better teams in the AFC, I'm getting them both as underdogs. Wow, that's incredible. I would have, you know, to me, I'm just looking at down the line. There are a ton of, like, close home dogs this week, uh, you know, and, and even just dogs in general that I feel like are maybe have a really good chance. I think this could be the week of the upset, to be honest with you, straight-up upset. Uh, any leans, gentlemen, this week, Chris? Uh, not really. I just hope the Raiders don't get blown out on Saturday. Oh, that was always going to go right there. I think you have to lean Raiders, don't you? I mean, yeah, Raiders. you know, I, that is if that. I'm not sure exactly what the line is, but if that's three and a half or more, I think you got to go with the Raiders there. I, I 
I just can't imagine, you know, that that they're going to let these bad performances continue like that. I think Miami's a little bit overrated as well. They've kind of come back down to earth. Uh, so I, I think that game could stay close. Especially Raiders fighting for their 2% chance playoff lives here. Yep. Basically, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that I, we don't have a 2% chance anymore. We can just kind of coast. I, that's the worst position to be in is having a 2% chance. Still, yeah, we, still, there's still a chance. Tell me there's a chance. Uh, Matt, any leans? Yeah, well, just you were saying about the money line. I had I, I had five teams written down that I was kind of just going to piece something together with. It was, right it was Pittsburgh plus 105, Denver plus 160, the Rams plus 100, Dallas plus 120. Um, and, and that's another team, you know, they're plus two and a half against Philly. And Jalen Hurts turned back, you know, carriage turned back into a pumpkin a little bit last week against the Cardinals. Not, not what it was against the Saints. Um, and then Tennessee plus 160, obviously. So, uh, and yeah, the other two teams, uh, I, I like Chris. I like that, that Raiders um, pick plus three. I actually think that's pretty, you know, decent chance, especially with Carr playing. Um, and then, like I said, the other leans would be taking Dallas on the spread plus two and a half Absolutely. and taking Pittsburgh on the spread uh, plus one and a half or two if you could have got two earlier in the week. Um, those are just too low for me. So I, I will probably be playing those in teasers, though. I, I, my, you know, my favorite teaser of the week would be would be Pittsburgh plus uh, seven and a half and, and Rams plus seven. I think those are, you know, two pretty, pretty solid teaser pieces. Bang. Love it. Uh, a couple of leans here for you. Uh, right now, I'm leaning Raiders, like you said, plus three. I think that's a good one. Um, going down the list. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Jets at home get nine and a half points against the Browns. It's like so scary, but I think that's the right side. I think you got to be on the Jets. You got a home dog getting that many points against the Browns. I'm not ballsy enough to take it. I almost put it in the top three, but I, I, I looked at it. I'm like, look, the Browns just were in New York. They're probably staying out there this week, more than likely. Um, I don't know. That's a toughie for me. I actually lean Colts more than I lean Steelers. I, I think that I think really the Steelers are in a historic freefall. That's I really believe that. And the last time we saw Phillip Rivers in Pittsburgh, um, if you all recall, that was the 78-0-0 with a 14-point lead, and he was the one that got it done. So that was the last time he was in Pittsburgh two years ago. And then, obviously, the Washington football team did that this year as well. So Colts, I'm pretty pretty good on the Colts this week because I just don't think Pittsburgh can run the ball. And, run the ball and that defense is so fast. Um, other ones, I got a lot of them here. Uh, Baltimore, to blow out the Giants, minus 10.5. I know that's a huge number. I'm leaning at that way, but I just think they're rolling Carolina, Chris, I love that pick, plus two. Dallas, I love Dallas, plus two and a half. And Matt, that's a great one. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I think Dallas Dallas was probably the closest one to me to actually being on this list for the three. I thought that that was a really, really good pick. Um, but that game is always such a slugfest. And we had Danucci versus Wentz last time, so we have no reference point on this game at all um, with Dalton playing Hurts. Um so yeah, those are my lanes this week. A lot of them. A lot of, a lot of, giving out a lot of Christmas candy canes this week. I think a lot, lot of a lot of dogs. So like all the dogs really popped off the board to me, which which you know maybe feels not so safe. <laughs> this is the week where they go like five and eleven. Um, all right, gentlemen, plans for Christmas Day. Uh, Chris, quiet Christmas. We're having a quiet, quiet Christmas. That, that here usually under normal circumstances usually we have the whole Raza clan 
uh, is over over the house. But you know, we're gonna have a nice little quiet Christmas on, on Christmas Day. And I assume a quiet one as well over in uh, at the Hubbinger house, huh? Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to Christmas Eve for my family is the big one. Uh, we usually all get together and, um, you know, I've taken over some of the cooking duties. I got I got a nice uh, rib roast we're going to cook tonight that I had marinating starting, starting a day ago or so. I'm going to go right after we finish here. I'm making a big old thing of mashed potatoes. And so I'm looking forward to just I'm going to be cooking the rest of the day today, eating with the family and having a couple bottles of wine tonight. <laughs> Lou, what are we cooking? Mighty got today? Uh well, Daniel, the uh, grandma still does the seven fishes, the old Italian uh, yeah. tradition, and the uh, she brings out stuffed shells as a second course, and then oh, hopefully you're wow. still alive for tomorrow morning. It's uh, it's it's a little too much, some might say. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll be down here in Virginia, unfortunately, uh, just due to some protocols and whatever. So. Uh, not sick, but we uh, we got to stay down here for a few days after Christmas, and then we'll head back up. But definitely going lasagna. Definitely going to be making one of those. Big, fat one this year. Uh, mix a little ground sausage in the ground beef. It'll be all good. Uh, maybe a little rib roast. Who knows? We'll, we'll figure out. There's a possibility that I might be getting like a Cracker Barrel Christmas this year. I don't even know what's going on. It's just down here in the south, things are just you got beer cans on Christmas trees. It's it's a wild one. Yeah, biscuits and gravy on Christmas morning. That sounds like it's playing to me. That, now, now you got me thinking. Now you got me thinking. All right, guys. It's been a long, fun year. We have one more week, and then it's playoffs, baby. I can, can we believe that this year has gone by this fast? It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. The football season, there's nothing faster than football season. It's just incredible. It's the fastest 17 weeks you've ever witnessed. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening all year long to the Sunday card. We appreciate it so much. We'll be back next week for our producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone over there. And we've got Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, and the main man, Chris Raza. I'm Dan Zampano. We thank you. A Merry Christmas to you. A Happy Holidays to you. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you're doing. Festivus for the rest of us, Chris. No airing of grievances this year. I got a lot of problems with you people. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, R.I.P. Jerry Stiller. Uh, We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Sunday Club.